Well, praise the Lord. You remember what Jesus said in John chapter 14, verse 6? He said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Now, he said it in that order because he said, listen, you have to know that I'm the way so that you can walk on the narrow way. And on the narrow way, you'll find out that he's the truth, the only truth that there is. And that truth then will lead you into his life. So that's what we're looking at today. We're looking at the fact that Jesus said, I am the life. I want to start out first of all in Galatians chapter 2 verse 20. And it says, I can quote it, but we're going to look at it. I have been crucified with Christ. Paul the Apostle writing to the church at Galatians says, I am crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live. So he's saying, listen, I, Paul, am dead. Okay? I no longer me that lives, but Christ lives in me. So now, if Christ lives in me, Jesus says that he is the life. So therefore, I would assume, and I, I know this is correct, he, his life lives in me. Because it goes on and says next, But Christ lives in me, and the life which I now live. See, I'm not living in Frank's old life. I'm living now in Christ's life. I laugh. I now live in the flesh. Still got flesh here. I live by the faith. This translation says in. I believe it also can be translated of. I live by the faith of the Son of God. That makes a big difference to me. I don't live by my faith. I'm living according to His faith in me who loved me and gave himself for me. So that's where we want to start. We want to look at what kind of life that we have in us. There are four aspects of this life that we want to look at. First of all, we want to look at the fact that when Jesus says in John 14:6, I am the life, that's not human life. That is zoe, Z-O-E. That's God's life. Yeah. He said, I am. what other life do you think Jesus would have? He has God's life. Uh, God's life. So what does that mean? It means to be possessed of vitality. Mm. I tell you, at this age, you need vitality. Yeah, when you get older, you need to be, oh, let me get up out of the bed and let's go. This life is also the living water. It's unfailing flow of living water that just wants to continue to flow in you. What is this life? It's a life to be alive in the state of salvation from spiritual death. Mm. I will not die. This body will, but I'll live forever because I'm in the state of salvation. I'm, 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 well, I'm, I'm living in the state of Georgia. But I'm not of this state. I'm of the kingdom of heaven and the kingdom of God. Therefore, I'm living in the state of salvation. 
And, of course, this God life is the source, the very source of all my spiritual life. Not the pastor, not me teaching, not anyone else telling you. It's His life is the source for everything spiritual in my life. So, therefore, I come and just acknowledge the fact that this life in me is God's life. Boy, if you ever wake up in the morning and just say, oh, I got God's life in me. What's going to happen today? It's going to be great. Hallelujah. No matter what's going to take place on this earth, you got God's life in you. All right, that's number one aspect of this life. Second aspect is John 3.16. You see, does anybody know that scripture? Uh, yeah. Oh, I remember that. For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son that whoever believes in Him should have what? Life. What kind of life? Eternal life. It's everlasting life. It's just not life that's going to exist and when I die, it's over. No, it's forever. You see, God's life is a higher style of life, a higher aspect of life than we have in our physical being. Our physical life is going to die out, but the life in us is eternal. It will never, never, never die. So, this everlasting life, a definition of that is it's a period of time of significant character and meaning in our life. It gives us meaning for life. Uh, you see, when you're just trying to accomplish things in your own, and, and I had a job, I had working in data processing, doing all these kind of things, trying to improve myself, trying to go up into the company, you know, trying to oh get get you know step up, get get where I want to go. Well, that's going to fade away. But this life gives me meaning in life. Uh, I, I remember going into my first appointment, and some guy. Some pastor came to me and said, Frank, let me help you to get and, and advance in this uh, Methodist church and get into the higher ranking and, and get to, to a higher position. And I said, no, thank you. I've already got meaning in my life. I don't need that. <laughs> I don't need that at all. See, that's what I was doing in the world. Why would I want to do that in the church when I already got meaning to life? So that's what everlasting life is. It gives me meaning in my life. It influences and affects everything that I do. I mean, I can't do anything unless it's going to direct me one way or the other or show me, uh, you didn't do that right, did you, Frank? Yeah, you're right there, God. Uh, so it gives me an opportunity to for ask for forgiveness because I am walking in an everlasting life. It gives us uh, an unmeasurably large amount of Him. Whoa! You <laughs> um, see, I got, I got, I've got all of God in me. You don't have any. No, it can't be that way. No, because God's so big, He has a large amount for everybody, and He still has abundance left over. So I, I can walk in a large amount of who God is every single day. I don't have to be concerned about and worry about, have anxiety over what's happening. Today, I'm walking in His life, not 
Frank's old life that influenced everything I did in the flesh. I'm walking in God's life that influences everything I am in the Spirit. It influences my entire being. Everlasting life. So we have God's life. It's everlasting life. What else is there? John 10.10. 10. Oh, we don't know that one either, do we? Oh, 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 for the devil comes to what? Kill, steal, and destroy. But Jesus said, I've come that you may have life and that more abundantly. So it's an abundant life. God is an abundant God. It means that He is extraordinary and never, never ordinary. Hmm. You know, I hear too much, too many people saying, "Well, if I could just get by." No, God's not a just get by God. God's a God that's more than enough. He's over and above. He's excessive. Remember in Ephesians chapter 3, verse 20, he says, Now when you pray, uh, this is going to happen. He's able to do exceedingly above what you ask or think. Wow. So I may come and ask God, God, I, I need this in my life. Um, and he's going to say, Okay, I'll give you that and more. <laughs> you know, he, he's not going to limit. He's going to come and just, Okay, I've got an excessive... I'm an excessive type God, and I'm going to pour out blessings upon you. You not have room enough to handle them all. Hallelujah. So it's to be possessed by God of full sufficiency. When God says He supplies all your need, He means it. Not according to the local bank or the annuity or the investment that you have, but according to His riches. And that's an abundance right there. So... We don't just, like I said, we don't just have to get by. We're walking in a life of abundance. Hallelujah. So, I am set free into God's abundance. Well, two aspects of God's abundance. First of all, in Ephesians chapter 1, in Ephesians chapter 1, oh, what kind of abundance? What, what, what abundance? It's a prayer that uh, Paul was uh, praying for the church at Ephesus, and he said that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, verse 17, the Father of glory may give to you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of Him. So I can have spiritual wisdom, not man's wisdom, no, God's wisdom to know Him. That's an abundance right there. You can't comprehend God with what you may read out of a book. You've got to have that revelation knowledge. I'm I'm reading a a book. I just finished it today. It's just 100 pages. But it's just opened my eyes as to what needs to take place in me because He's given me the wisdom as to what to do to have a fulfillment in my life that's lacking. I'm lacking something in my life. So praise the Lord. Hallelujah. That wisdom. Uh, Colossians chapter 1. Colossians chapter 1. That's uh, over here next door to Philippians. Colossians chapter 1, verse 9. Another prayer that Paul was praying, praying for the church at Colossae, when he said, For this reason we also, since the day we heard it, do not cease to pray for you and to ask that you may be filled with the knowledge of His will. How? In all wisdom 
and spiritual understanding. You see, there's an abundance of God's wisdom and understanding so that I may be able to comprehend what God's will is for my life. I don't have to sit back and try to figure it out. I just know He said it and that's it. That's all that needs to be taking place. I shared this past Sunday uh, in the church that I'm preaching. I, I shared the fact that we do not have to try to figure God's will is. I mean, when God said to Noah, go build an ark. Uh, go build a what? Uh, a big boat. Uh, where's the water? Uh, I don't. Ha- I don't see any water. What? It ain't hadn't rained. How can for 120 years he built something because God said it. He had the wisdom and and understanding, spiritual understanding. That's where he operated in that aspect. Abram, I want you to go. I'm gonna make you a father of many nations. 25 years, I'm trying to figure this out. I already made a mistake once with Hagar and created an Ishmael. What, um, you know, operating in, in spiritual wisdom and spiritual understanding. Hallelujah. So when God says something, go do it. Frank, I want you to go to Oral Roberts University. Uh I didn't try to figure out how I was going to be paid for it. I didn't figure out where I was going to live. I didn't figure out what was going to take place. I didn't figure out if I was going to be accepted or not. He said, go. You have to have that wisdom of God and understanding to be able to know what God's will is for your life. That's what God says He'll give to you, that abundance of wisdom. second aspect that I see of abundance is prosperity. <laughs> oh, boy. Yeah, we have some really talk about prosperity. You see that on TV all the time, don't you? Yeah, you send in this, I'll send you this. Just give me a thousand dollar seed, and I I agree with uh, you know planting seeds because there's going to be a harvest. But what is this? Uh, what is this prosperity all about? Well, we got to go back here to Exodus. Exodus. What in the world? Exodus is going to tell us about prosperity. Exodus to chapter twelve. Alright, there they, they had plagues upon Egypt and they're being set free from Egypt completely to go into the promised land and, and in Exodus chapter 12 verses 31 and following. Then he called to, for Moses and Aaron by night and said, Rise, go out from among my people, both you and the children. Who in the world, Pharaoh was saying that? Get out of here. <laughs> Rise, go out up among my children, both you and the children of Israel, and go and serve the Lord as you have said. Also take your flocks and your herds as you have said, and be gone. And bless you all. Bless me also. Come on. <laughs> and the Egyptians urged the people that they might send them out of the land in haste. And they said, We shall... We shall all be dead. So the people took their dough before it was leavened, having their kneeling bowls bound up in the, their clothes on their shoulders. And the children of Israel had none according to the had done according 
had done according to the word of Moses. And they asked, had asked from the Egyptians articles of silver, articles of gold and clothing. And the Lord had taken the people in favor and in the sight of the Egyptians, so that they granted them what they requested. This, thus they plundered the Egyptians. You're talking about they took everything that the world had to offer, and now it was theirs. <laughs> You're talking about prosperity. When God sets you free from bondage in your life, guess what you have access to? His prosperity. It's there available for you. Hallelujah. Well, um, how, how, do, how do I know that I'm going to, to have what I need? Well, in 3 John 2, he says, Beloved, I wish above all things that you may prosper and be in health. Then he says in Psalm 23, 1, he says, The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. In other words, I shall not lack for anything. If Jesus is our shepherd, and he, and which we found out when we looked at the I am, he's the good shepherd, he's going to take care of his sheep, he's going to provide for his sheep, the sheep are not going to lack for anything. Oh, glory to God. You're talking about prosperity. You're going no wonder he said, bring your tithes and offerings in the storehouse. And he'd open up the windows of heaven and pour out blessings upon you. You'd not have room enough to handle them all. That is so true, but I can't afford to. You can't afford not to. That is so true. You start tithing whether you can afford it or not. You, you got a dime, give a penny. All right? You got a dollar, give a dime. Whatever it takes. Start tithing. Start bringing tithes and offerings to where you're being fed the Word of God. And you'll see blessings being poured out upon you at all times. So, this, uh, this life that we have is God's life. <laughs> it's abundant life. It is, it is uh, it's everlasting life. Now, what else is there? Well, let's turn over to Proverbs chapter 4. Frank, you're going all over the place. Well, I got to look at the Word of God. I tell you, you got to see what the Word of God is trying to tell you about His life. Mm. All right, because He, remember, He's the truth. So Proverbs chapter four, and uh, uh, oh yeah, Proverbs chapter four, starting with verse twenty. He says, "My son, give attention to my words." What what are, what are the words? The truth of God. All right, remember that now. Incline your ear to my sayings. So I've got to I've got to do what? I've got to pay attention. I taught uh, math in in high school, and guess what? They didn't all pay attention. They they didn't pay attention. They were thinking about other things. So you got to set your mind on what God wants to tell you. In His truth, then you got to hear. You ca- you can't just listen. They they were they were listening students, but they didn't hear a word. It was going in one ear and out the other. You got to hear it. You got to take it in. Do not let it depart from your eyes. You know your spiritual eyes. I I recommend also your physical eyes. Keep it before you. 
Because you see, your eyes, physical eyes, wants to look at something else. Keep them in the midst of your heart, for they are life to those who find them and health to all their flesh. The Word of God is health to our flesh. It's my health life. People over and over again are saying, what are we going to do about all these diseases that are going on in, in the world today? How are we going to handle the law? And I said, that's okay. Jesus is my health, and he's already vaccinated me when he went to the cross. He's already taken care of that. So it's for me to walk in what he's already done. And I receive that into my life. I thank him every single day that I'm walking in his health for my life. Yeah, do I go to a doctor? Yes. But do I depend on a doctor? No. Because you can go to another doctor and he'll give you a different opinion. Hmm. So I depend on Jesus to tell me what to do to how to stay healthy. I depend on that. And he always has. <laughs> Yesterday, I don't know why it happens, but every time I get ready to come speak the Word of God, something tries to hinder that. And it's always the day before. Oh, my throat. <coughs> I feel like it's sore. <coughs> you know, oh, no. You know, I'm wondering if I'm going to have to call so I can't come and, and teach. <coughs> I said, throat, you're healed in the name of Jesus. I'm not going to take that. I don't care what you feel like. The Word of God says you're healed, so shut up. I literally have to do that. You have to speak the truth to yourself, or else it's going to take the negative feelings are going to take you over. Yeah, it will. It will do that all the time. Oh, glory to God. Hallelujah. I remember one night I took my, I, was, I felt warm. I said, wait a minute. I, I always check my figure. Here's the way I check my fever. It's on the loaf of my ear. If I feel warm, you know. I went to check it. It was 90, 99.8. I said, uh-oh, what's happening here? Uh-oh. Uh, no, fever. I am not going to accept you. No, in the name of Jesus. Went back a couple hours later and it was normal. Don't accept what you feel. Accept the truth of the Word of God that says, By His stripes you were healed. If I were, I am. That's all I know. And I have, to I have to receive that. He's already done it. And we have to receive what He's done for us in His life. So everything that God has already done is mine. His life, His everlasting life, His abundant life, His health life, Here's what I believe when Jesus said it, the way he said it. Jesus is the way that leads us into the truth, God's Word, that brings us into his life of abundance into every area of our life. Praise the Lord. So, how can this, how can this happen in me? How can this take place in me? Well, I want to get you to turn over to John chapter 15. John chapter 15. Yeah, this is going to be the last scripture for us. John chapter 15, um, verse 26. There we go. 
John chapter 15, verse 26. Jesus speaking and says, But when the Helper comes, whom I will send to you and from the Father, he's talking about the Holy Spirit, so I'm going to send the Holy Spirit to you, and he's going to be, I'm telling you, first of all, he's your Helper. He's your Helper. Yes, he's going to help you. Uh, to what? To what? He's the Spirit of truth who proceeds from the Father. He will testify of me. So, I need the Spirit of truth in me in such a way that he's going to testify of the truth of who Jesus is and what he's done for me. So, therefore... I need to be full of the Spirit of truth, to be filled with the Holy Spirit, that I may have the Spirit of truth within me to reveal unto me who Jesus is, to reveal unto me this God life, to reveal unto me this life that's everlasting, to reveal unto me this abundant life, to reveal unto me the healthy life that God wants me to have. And that's residing in me. Why? Remember the first scripture we looked at? Uh, yeah. Not I who lives, but Christ lives in me. And the life I now live in this flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God. It's the life. Jesus' life is in me. He's in you. If you've accepted Him as your Lord and Savior... His life came into you. Now you need the fullness of the Spirit of truth to come and reveal that life to you. So that's what I want to pray for you today. To be filled for the first time or to be filled afresh and anew with the Spirit of truth to come into you and reveal the very life of Christ in you. Father, I thank you that you are so willing to give us the life that we need in us that you're willing to give us a helper so that we can understand that life, so that we can see that life, so that we can walk in that life. So I pray right now that you be filled with the Spirit of truth, the Holy Spirit Himself, to bring that truth out of you of who you are in Christ Jesus and to know that life that's living in you, that God life, that everlasting life, that abundant life, and the health life that He obtained for you on the cross. In Jesus' name, Amen. Amen. From the seed of Abraham And led them through the wilderness Into the promised land In boundless love and mercy He gave His only Son